Today in Security from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Today in security from Wired. Why insider Zoom bombs are so hard to stop. Researchers have found that most calls to disrupt video conferences originate with the participants, especially in high schools and colleges. By Andy Greenberg When COVID-19 spread globally last spring, it made Zoom an immediate household name. But while the video conferencing platform offered a lifeline for the socially distanced, It soon suffered rampant intrusions from trolls crashing Zoom calls to insult participants, shout racist slurs, and display obscene images. Even after Zoom password protected its calls by default, the so-called Zoom bombing continued. Now, one team of researchers has an answer for why many of the measures to secure Zoom calls haven't stopped the scourge. In many cases, perhaps even most of them, The culprit is someone on the inside. At the recent Usenix Enigma Security Conference, Boston University computer scientist Gianluca Stringini presented the result of research that he and a team from BU and Binghamton University carried out over the past year to get to the root of the Zoom bombing plague, one that affects not only Zoom but other video conferencing services like Cisco's WebEx and Google Meet. Stringini and his fellow researchers, who specialize in how online communities coordinate malicious activity, monitor the organization of mass Zoom bombing actions on both Twitter and 4chan over the course of 2020. Their findings point to a surprising conclusion. The majority of Zoom bombing cases the researchers observed began with a participant in the call posting the link publicly and inviting trolls and miscreants to attack it. 70% of calls for Zoom bombing that researchers found on 4chan and 82% found on Twitter appeared to be this sort of inside job. The phenomenon is explained in part by another less surprising finding. The majority of Zoom bombing incidents, 74% of those organized on 4chan and 59% on Twitter, targeted high school and college classes. Our findings are basically that most of these calls seem to be targeting online classes, and they seem to be called by insiders, says Stringini. Students in the class are bored or want to piss off their lecturer or whatever, 
So they basically post details of their own classes online and ask people to join and disrupt them. Many security measures intended to lock out Zoom bombers have turned out to be ineffective against that majority of attacks initiated by insiders, Stringini says. Password protection doesn't help, he points out, when a participant is sharing the password publicly with attackers. Nor does a waiting room for screening entrance into the call. Insiders who collude with Zoom bombers often shared lists of legitimate invitees in the call to allow attackers to easily impersonate them. Basically, all the defenses that have been proposed against Zoom bombing assume they're coming from the outside, Stringini says. But actually, the fact that insiders are calling for these attacks calls these mitigations into question. Starting in December 2019 and continuing through July 2020, the researchers collected every post they could find on 4chan and Twitter that seemed to discuss a specific online meeting, tallying 434 4chan threads and more than 12,000 tweets. They then manually analyzed and annotated the results to identify more than 200 instances of users sharing video conference links and calling for others to swarm and disrupt the call. Since Zoom bombing only began in earnest in March 2020, they focused most of their attention on the four months that followed, when they observed around 50 Zoom bombs per month across all video conferencing services. Stringini concedes that the Zoom bombing messages they observed likely represent only a minority of total attacks over the time period they studied. Some incidents may have eluded their measurement such as one-person Zoom bombings carried out by hackers who are able to brute-force guess the URL of a Zoom call that's not password-protected, a phenomenon documented as recently as last April. And a larger number of mass Zoom bombings may be organized on other platforms they didn't look at, such as Discord or IRC, Stringini notes. But he argues that their data set should be broadly representative of these attacks, too. Their study includes excerpts of some of the Zoom bombing raids they saw documented on those social media outlets. Quote, My English class, come in and trolley for a while, one reads along with a link. Raid our school live call class. I believe in you, obscenity, reads another. Anyone want to join our online lesson? Our teacher is black. It's going to be in 20 minutes, reads another comment, immediately followed by a racial epithet from another commenter. Notably, Zoom's primary response to the problem, turning on password protection for calls by default on March 30th, didn't slow the rate of Zoom bombing the researchers measured. In the weeks before that change, they saw an average of eight attacks a week targeting Zoom calls rather than other services. In the weeks afterward, they observed an average of 8.6 of those Zoom bombings. While that increase is no doubt explained in part by Zoom's massive rate of adoption at the same time, it demonstrates that password protection hardly solved the problem. Both Stringini and Zoom itself recommend that users secure their calls against Zoom bombing with not only the default password protection, but also requiring that users be logged in and authenticated. That setting, described as only authenticated users can join meetings from web client, also generates a unique link for every user, and it can be switched on in Zoom security settings.
When Wired reached out to Zoom about Stringini's study, the company responded in a statement that pointed to many of the security features on that settings page. And it also encouraged users hosting large-scale or public events to use Zoom's webinar feature that restricts audience members' ability to speak or show their video and screen. We've been deeply upset to hear about these types of incidents, and Zoom strongly condemns such behavior, a spokesperson wrote. We take meeting disruptions extremely seriously, and we encourage users to report any incidents of this kind to Zoom and law enforcement authorities so the appropriate action can be taken against offenders. Google responded in a statement pointing to security restrictions for Google Meet, such as allowing only users logged into their Google account to join, and allowing hosts to screen anyone who wasn't included on a calendar invite. Cisco's general manager of WebEx, Abhay Kulkarni, wrote in an email that WebEx offers similar safeguards, such as restricting users to their own organization, restricting calls to authenticated users, and locking calls after they've begun. Stringini notes that Zoom's focus on password protection may have stopped actual individual hackers from disrupting meetings, though it's difficult to assess how many of those attacks ever took place since they're not organized in a public forum. In fact, they may have never been the majority of Zoom bombing incidents in the first place, he argues. Zoom, along with thousands of meeting hosts around the world, would be wise to protect calls against a much simpler but ever-present threat, hordes of bored, nihilistic kids looking for lulls. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more security news at wired.com security. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.